Uh, yeah, he gon' need a medical nurse. Yeah, crippin' off his head, I know it hurt. Yeah, mud pie making me dirt. Yeah, we gon' need some steel for these curves. We got black and gold killers on your turf. That's black and gold killers on your turf. Still a nation, what's going on? It's your man Kevin, aka Kev Easy. I'm letting you know right now this is the Stills for Seven podcast. Thank you for listening. Now, let's get started. The regular season is over. Um, we had a close one with the Browns. It's crazy how the Browns really almost lost to our second, like our backups. <laughs> if Mason would have converted on a two point conversion, and I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen. But if he would have converted on that and we went into overtime and a winning, that would have been so funny, man. But the Browns ended up winning. So now we see the Browns Sunday night. But the, like I said, the regular season is over. And this season, the regular season was very... Uh, <laughs> It was very newsworthy, I tell you that. The media only covered it when it got crazy, you know, um, week around week 13. That's when, you know, the media started covering us a little crazy. But we did start off 11-0, but it wasn't like we dominated each game. It was only a few games that we actually dominated, and um, it would be the first game against the Browns, 38-7, and... The, was that the first game? The first game against the Bengals, we it was thirty six to ten to get get to nine and zero, and also the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Yes, um, we dominated that one too, twenty seven to three. But all our wins were like close. Like we had to really fight for these. Like and we was. We had to fight with teams that wasn't really that good, like the Texans. We won that game 28 to 21. The Broncos 26 to 21. Shoot the first game, the Giants 26 to 16. I, you know, it's 10 two possession game, but still, man, it's the Giants. <laughs> um, the Eagles game it was 38 to 29, but that if you watch that game, that was kind of close up until a certain point. That. Titans are a playoff team, Ravens playoff team, but those are the, uh, we won those games by three and four respectively. We had the fight against the Cowboys. That that was a late game push there. They won that twenty four to nineteen. This is all during the eleven and no run here. Um, let me see. And then the Ravens, and I and I believe Lamar Jackson didn't even play that game. We won that game 19 to 14. You know, that was crazy. We couldn't do anything. And then that's when we hit the wall. But before I talk about hitting the wall, let's talk about what happened as far as scheduling. That Ravens game was played. It was delayed because, you know, uh, like the Ravens, a couple of Ravens had COVID and all that. So we had to play that game. And then that, we had a short week. We played four games in 19 days 
four games in 19 days. So we was going to hit the wall, and it happened December 7th, 5 p.m. It was a Monday night game. Well, excuse me, Monday afternoon game, which is weird. Versus the Washington football team. We looked gassed in that game, losing that game 23 to 17. Looked gassed against the Bills. Because in the first half of both games, we were kind of, you know, doing something. But second half, that was it. But the Bills game, we lost that 26 15. And then to put the icing on the cake, this lost to the Bengals. And we lost to a Bengals without their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. I don't even remember the guy's name, but he beat us. But then we end up getting we end up getting six days off. It was another short week because that Bengal game was on a Monday night. But he was able to pull off a second half, freaking crazy, crazy second half performance to come back to end up beating the Indianapolis Colts. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was owned again by uh, Mike Hilton in that game. I just had to throw that out there. And then, uh, of course, you know, the game that just happened, Browns played our second guys, second and third guys. There was some guys out there. I was like, who? But, you know, shout out to them, put in the work, almost won that game. But awards, 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 awards. I'm going to go with, before I even go, yeah, I'm going to spread this out. I'm going to start off with offense, right? Offensive player of the year. Now, this is, you would think this would be, like, real cut and clean. You know, you got Big Ben, played 15 games. Um, 65% of his passes. Threw for 3,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, 10 picks. You know, uh, it was pretty good. Um, I was hoping he didn't get the double-digit picks, but fairly he was able to kind of keep the ball out of harm's way into that little slide. But he ended up turning back on, like, like I said, in that Colts game. But also you have... It was, uh, no one in the running department. So running backs, we we underachieve in the running back department. Um, but shout out to James Conner. He played uh, 13 games, had 700 yards, 700, let me just say the exact number, 721 yards and six touchdowns. Average for 4.3 yards a carry. It's not bad, but we needed more from him in the whole running department. But we was able to rush for an offense for 1,351 yards. Uh, certain running backs, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't like that. But, you know, there's no one in that department, is, I believe, qualifies for that. But... You know, we have some receivers that did pretty good. We have Deontay Johnson. Granted, he led the league in drops, but he still managed to put up 923 yards. And 
if you watched our offense when we were clicking, that's when everyone was, you know, getting the taste and getting uh, their share of, of the balls, you know. Because when it comes to receptions, Juju led the team with 97. Deontay was right behind him with 88. Claypool was 62. Ebron with 56. And, you know, um, 35 from Connor, 30 for James Washington, 20 from Ray Ray McLeod, 15 for Vance McDonald, 10 for Benny Snell, 9 for Jalen Samuels, and 6 from Anthony McFarlane. So, you know, that it was going around. But as far as yardage, Deontay Johnson put up 923 yards. Uh, Chase Claypool with, I'm going to just say now, he will get offensive. Well, I'll say, you know, I because I, I'm going to show love. I'm going to show love. So offensive rookie of the year, of course, is going to Chase Claypool with 62 receptions, 873 yards, and nine touchdowns. Um, I didn't say the touchdowns for Deontay, but Deontay had seven touchdowns. Uh, Juju didn't have uh, a crazy year, but like an explosive year. But looking at his numbers, he didn't do as bad as it may have seemed. You know, he had 97 catches for 831 yards and nine touchdowns. That's not too bad. Um, Eric Ebron, he missed he missed a few games, I believe, and. But when he when he was on, because he had some drops too, some bad drops. But when he's on, he was able to really put on. And I'm not gonna go from there. But you see the top three guys for the receivers: Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju. And I'm saying now, Chase Claypool is the offensive rookie of the year for the all, um, regular season. Hopefully, in the playoffs, he can kind of go. And add on to what he did in the Browns game to have a 100-yard game. So, salute to Chase Claypool on that. But I think overall, I'm going to end up giving the Offensive Player of the Year. It's going to have to be Ben. I believe it's going to have to be Ben because Ben spread the ball out to the receivers. And we didn't have a great running game. So, and Ben really, he was clean with the ball. He had a couple games where it was like, ah. But... He was he was real clean with the ball. Didn't really turn like 10, 10 interceptions is low for Big Ben. We know that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know giving it to Ben. He didn't get four thousand yards, but he was close. <laughs> Thirty-three touchdowns and ten picks. So shout out to Big Ben. OG. Hopefully in the playoffs. He took the last game off. Take that into account as well. The last game he took off. And Hopefully he's well rested and going into the playoffs playing the Cleveland Browns. And you know how he played against the Browns. So Big Ben gets that nod. Our defense, our defense, our defense. Our defense is pretty good, might I add. Very, very, very good. And rankings, let me see. I haven't, I don't really have the rankings right in front of me right now, but let me talk about some of the games that our team was able to hold the opposition to low scores. Let's see. The highest a team scored on our defense was 29. That was the Philadelphia Eagles. 
but we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six games where the team scored under 20 points and two games where a team scored under 10 points. But no one scored over 30, over 29 points, so no one had a 30-point game against our defense. Our defense ended up... Let me see. Our defense was pretty, pretty solid. But then again, if you think about it, some of these games, you can't just really go by the scores because, like I said, in that three-game, four-game stretch... Our defense was gassed, man, because our offense was really just literally just giving the ball back to the other offense. Like, we would go three and out, three and out, three and out. And, and then it's at a certain point where it's like, come on now. You you already know, man. You already know. Let me see, man. Um... We were third in yards. Our defense was third in yards. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. We was in. We was fifth. It was tied with fifth. Um, but giving up touchdowns, twenty-two touchdowns. And we was at. We led the league. We tied with two teams: the Patriots, the Dolphins. And Saints and 18. Hold on. Make sure I get the rest. 18. And of course, for the second year in a row, or maybe third year in a row, excuse me if I'm wrong, but we lead the league in sacks with 56. And that was basically. Anchored by the guy I feel and I believe is number one in sacks in the NFL right now. Is that is that is that that? Hmm. Let me see. Let's confirm this first. You know, I, we have to confirm all this stuff. Oh yes. Number one in sacks in the NFL goes to TJ Watt. So that is my runaway for defensive player of the year. TJ Watt had a fantastic year with, like I said, 15, 15 sacks. He had one pick. I think he was number one in QB hits. And also, I believe he was number one for tackles for losses with 41 QB hits and 23 tackles for losses. Like, TJ just dominated, man, and he was able to take a game off. So imagine if he played in that Browns game. He probably would have had, like, two or three more sacks. Probably would have had a couple more tackles for losses. He would have had a couple more QB hits. We just know that that's almost a fact at this point. You know, so I believe T.J. Watt is going to rightfully so get Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I felt like he could have got it last year. But, you know, I don't know, man. You can't argue against Gilmore. 
you know, um, if you talk about what he was able to put together. But I felt like if T.J. Watt was picked last year, I don't think people would argue too crazy. But this year, I don't think you can deny it. T.J. Watt is getting better every year. And the fact that the last couple games, he had to do it without his uh, road dog partner in crime, T.J. I mean, excuse me, Bud Dupree. And Bud Dupree, before he got hurt, man, he had eight sacks on the year. So Bud Dupree was also having another fantastic year. I believe he probably would have had about 14, 15, maybe 16 sacks. He would have been right there with TJ, to be honest. And um, he would have been probably up there with forced fumbles and everything, man. So, um, But we got two guys on the defense that had double-digit sacks, which is TJ Watt and Stephon Tewitt. Stephon Tewitt had a fantastic year as well. We got to salute that. And like I said, Bud Dupree missed a lot of games, but he was third on the team in sacks. But then from there, you got Cam Hayward with four. You got uh, two guys with three. You got three guys with two. And then you got six guys with one. So it went around. It went around. And we got to also talk about... Let me see... The interceptions, the interceptions. I'm not sure where we ranked on interceptions, but salute to the guys that got him for our team. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, people felt like he had a a kind of slow. I was one of those guys. He had one of the slow uh, starts, and I believe it was the Ravens game. That he ended up turning it back on. I want to say turning it back on, but he ended up getting it going like around that time. But you got to think a lot. We didn't have an offseason. So it was like for certain guys, well, a proper offseason. So certain guys wasn't able to, you know, really get things going, man. So like right right out the gate. And Mako was probably just one of those guys because once he turned it on, he was good. He was ready to go. He actually had a good year. So shout out to Minka Fitzpatrick. Mike Hillen had three. He missed a few games, but he showed his pretty much like when he can dominate a game. Shout out to Phillip Rivers. <clears throat> you got t- shout out to Terrell Evans. I feel like Terrell Evans might be most improved. I want to give him most improved, probably on the whole team because it was at a point where I was like, yo, I don't know what is going on with this guy. Like, I don't know if he's going to be here, but this year he really showed out, man. He he was getting interceptions. He had two interceptions. He got a sack, and he was really doing his thing, man. Um, he had a lot of tackles this year. Like, he was doing his thing, man. Shout out to him. Joe Hayden had two. You know, TJ had one, like I said earlier. Um, big shout out to Robert Spillane because, as you all know, we lost Devin Bush early. And it was in the, I want to believe in that first Bengal game. If not, it was earlier than that. But we lost that. When we lost Devin Bush, we was like, oh man, what are we going to do, man? But in, in my mind, I was feeling like since Devin Bush didn't make any splash, splash plays, it wasn't going to really hurt us because it was like, all right, we just had, we just need somebody to come in and fill in and just do a good job. Not like an outstanding job, you know, just a good job. So when Robert Spillane came in, 
oh man, his, I, th- I want to say his first start was the Tennessee game, but if it wasn't that Tennessee game is when he pretty much made his name. He made a name for himself. And whew, that goal line stand when he put his life on the line to stop uh, Derrick Henry on that fourth down, that was big, man. And he was great. He was he was real great. And he ended up getting hurt as well. But I believe he should be back for the playoff game on su- on Sunday. Hopefully, it, hopefully he can come back. But if not, you know, continue to get better, bro. Get get well. But even even with that being said, you got Cameron Sutton that came in, stepped in a few times as a starter. Um, either either if it was in the slot or just playing, covering, taking over for Joe Hayden when Joe Hayden got hurt or Steven Nelson missed the game, you know. So, like, we got a couple guys. Also, Anthony Highsmith, defensive rookie of the year, you know. Um, he stepped in for Bud Dupree. He got a pick. I want to believe his, I believe his first game he got a pick as a starter. He totaled, he totaled two sacks, but he... I want to say he played. He, he did a good job, man. He did a good job. He was definitely. He definitely showed his experience. Is that is that mean times up? I gotta give another award. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> we got Anthony. Excuse me. I said Anthony. Alex Highsmith. He didn't have like. A big like he made a lot of good plays, man. It and it's, it probably didn't show his stats, but you can kind of see it if you watch the game. You can see it, man. For he had about like six QB hits, five tackles for losses. He had about like he had a nice number of tackles, uh, about forty-eight tackles. Like he was in the middle of the pack, you know. He got more tackles than Stefan to it. And just under Cam Hayward, you know, um, and a couple other fellas. But we had a lot of contributions from a lot of guys. Uh, Tyson Alawalo, I felt like, played a serious role. His numbers may not be as crazy, but... Yeah, he had two sacks. But his numbers might not be that crazy, but he's definitely showed his worth as a player, man. Um, defensive player. He definitely did his thing. And going into the playoffs, I feel like our defense getting the rest. Like a lot of key like a lot of key guys got rest. Like they played. Some guys played probably all the way to the end. But it's a couple guys that was able to either not play or you know play limited snaps. So going into this Browns game. Seeing the Browns pretty much trying their best to win this game, taking this footage, and I believe our coaching staff may be better than theirs as far as figuring out how we want to attack this game. Like I give their coaching staff credit; they was able to win a lot of games this year, and they in the playoffs. But I believe that you'll see the experience because if you look at this last game, like I said, the Steelers almost won the game. It was twenty-four to twenty-two. You know, what I mean, if um, Mason Rudolph don't throw a pick six. Damn near a pick six. <laughs> if it wasn't a pick six, but you know, if he doesn't throw that interception, we don't know. No, it wasn't a pick six. But if he don't throw that interception and we end up getting the have to punt or 
score or at any capacity, you know, that game probably would have been different. But they almost lost that game still. And I believe when we get the big dogs back, we're going to be able to beat that same team that was on that field. <laughs> you know, they had um, a little restriction on Miles Garrett, but a couple more snaps from Miles Garrett, I don't think it's going to change the game. Like in a, in, in a total scale. But, man, I want to salute all the freaking guys on defense. And I believe going into the playoffs is getting this rest. I mean, granted, we're not getting the rest, rest, but getting that rest during this week and preparing for the Browns and knowing the Browns already is like this is going to be a feast. I feel like it's going to be a feast going into the playoffs. But shout out to all the award winners. Like I said, I gave Offensive Player of the Year to Big Ben. Offensive Rookie of the Year to Chase Claypool. I gave Defensive Player of the Year to TJ Watt. And I don't give Alex Highsmith the Defensive Rookie of the Year. On a special team shot, the Ray Ray McLeod, I feel like you did a good job. Um, You're definitely the best returner we had probably since A.B., um, and that wasn't that long ago, but <laughs> like if you take AB out the equation, you're definitely one of the better returners we had. I felt like you could have had a touchdown. You, it was a few times you could have had a touchdown, but you know, a uh, uh, wrong cut here, you ran into somebody, but you definitely gave us a lot of good field position. So I want to shout out to the special teams. But as you can see, when, when guys starting to go out and we had guys that were on special teams, like full-time special teamers that got limited defensive snaps. They had to get more defensive snaps, so we had to pull them for it. They either pulled them from kickoff or they had to be on kickoff or they're tired. So our our special teams kind of suffered a little bit in the second half. But I still think it's comparable to get the job done going into the playoffs. Um... Overall, if I have to grade the offense and defense and special teams for the regular season, offense, I think it goes without saying. The offense, for me, gets like a C-minus, man. A C-minus because we had a few games where it was working. Like, we was really able to put drives together and control the clock and all that. But it was so many times where our our offense is so terrible, man. And it affected our defense so bad. Like, it, like the offense was so bad, it was ruining the team. Like, as far as, like, physically, like, the defense was getting fatigued. Guys started going out. I don't want to put that really on offense, but I'm talking about going out as far as, like, they need a breather, they're tired, you know. So, I give them a C-. minus. And only re- and it could have been a D, could have been an F, but... They did have a little run where they were actually controlling the clock, winning the time possession, and actually putting up points, putting up touchdown drives. Like Ben, like I said, Ben got 33 touchdowns. You know, like that's that's good. But they get 30, they get a C minus. Defense, for me, the defense, I'm gonna have to get the defense an A because even though our offense played as bad as it did at certain times in the season, we were still in every game as like to some capacity. We were still into every game. You know, it was a couple games like probably like one or two games that got away from us in that little three game slide. But 
you know, I don't even believe that, but our defense always gave us a shot, even if our offense kept throwing them back on the field. It was just sad to see, man, because our defense is like, they really trying their hardest to try to build an offense out, and sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. But when our offense was actually doing something, like able to stay on the field for a long time, our defense was coming, like wreaking havoc, man, just straight wreaking havoc. So I have to give them guys an A. They led the league in um, sacks again. I believe they led the league, well, they tied the league in picks. It was like a three-team tie. You know what I mean? So they get an A, man. Like we, we turn the ball over still. We get, this, we get the pressure. We get the sacks, tackles for loss. And who knows, man? Like, well, not even who knows. I, will, I already know. Going into the playoffs, our defense is going to be able to put something together. Um, and our special teams, I give our special teams, I give our special teams a B minus because going in, like, like I said, when certain guys had to get pulled from special teams or like had, it, it was just, it was, it was a big hit. But overall, I feel like our special teams was able to do his thing. Boswell was hurt a couple games, but I feel like the guy that took his job, not took his job, but filled in, he was able to put something together. Like, he didn't really fail us too crazy, but we also didn't put him in crazy positions as well. And I feel like our playing game, Jordan Barry, I think he did a good job this year. He did, he had to punt a whole lot this year. So, and our coverage game for the most part was pretty good. So I give them, I give them a B minus. If if I said something different just now, my fault. But I'm gonna say B minus. And coaching, 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 coaching. Whew. Offensive coordinator. I'm gonna start with the coordinators. Offensive coordinator, Randy Fittner. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a D, man. Being honest, I'm gonna have to give him a D, cause it was more games than not where I was like, "Yo, what the heck is going on, man? Like, why is plays being called where we can't even execute them? Like, and get some rhythm going? Like, why are we hearing about Big Ben calling plays? Like that, like every time we get something going, this Big Ben is calling plays. You know what I mean? That's not really good to hear, man. That as somebody on the outside looking in, you know, um, as far as, like, you know, being a fan of the team and stuff, like, hearing that is crazy, you're an offensive coordinator, like, you're supposed to be able to put a game plan together where we going, we put our best plays against that team, you know, what we're working against that team, and I feel like more often than not, we heard Big Ben call plays, they did it his way. To for us to succeed, so I give him a D. The only reason why I'm not giving him a flat F is because the time of possession thing. In the first couple of games, we was able to really hold on to the ball like for a long time on offense, you know. So and I give him credit for that, for, for you know those short passes and stuff that was actually working in the beginning, but we didn't adjust when teams caught on and. You know, you got to put it on him, man, because it's like at some point you couldn't save Ben. And obviously when Ben was doing it his way, it was working and he wasn't just 
throwing quick passes and all that. But Randy get a D. Keith Butler, I'm going to give Keith Butler an A, man. Um, more often, like, he, he put the defense in a great position to always make a play where it's like you see it's either the player on the our team or the player on the other team that makes a good play. It's not really – it wasn't that many blown coverages I've I seen this year. So I, I salute to him. I, I'm, that's going to be short and sweet right there. Shout out to Keith Butler. Keith Butler definitely used to get a lot of flack early. Um, when he got defensive after Dick LeBeau, but rightfully so because Dick LeBeau was the, the GOAT. So filling them shoes was nuts. But after getting certain players, getting the right players for him and all that, he was able to put them in great position to make things happen. And he's he's, he's great, man. He's great. Special teams, I don't, I don't know the guy, so I'm not going to even uh, go there. So I'm going to go to head coach Mike Tomlin. I'm going to give Mike Tomlin this year. I'm going to give Mike Tomlin a B this year. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B. I want to give him an A minus, to be honest with you, but I think a B is fair because I felt like in certain times, I don't know, I felt like he gambled. Sometimes he gambled too much, and sometimes he didn't gamble enough, but can I really hold that against him? And also, based off of what was thrown on his plate, on all the coaches' plate, well, really our plate as far as the scheduling, how how he was able to handle that. You know, you know, yeah, I'm going to give Mike Tomlin an A, man. Because at the end of the day, Mike Tomlin still was able to give the team 12 wins. Um, and we started off 11-0. As bad as our offense is playing most of those games, we was able to win those games and Coaching has to do something with that, you know, head coaching. So, I'm going to give Mike Tomlin an A, man. So, I'm going to set it on that. But that's the mid-season award. Excuse me. I'm sorry. That's the regular season awards. We got the Cleveland Browns coming to town Sunday night. It's going to be right. And we're going to make that thing look right. And it's going to look like. I see us putting up thirty. Yeah, Yo, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I might go. I'm gonna go live um, sometime this week, maybe before the game, Sunday before the game. Go live. You know, see, see, see what y'all talking about, man. So I'm gonna go live on Instagram. So make sure y'all follow that. It's Stills for Seven podcast. All one word, of course. You know how Instagram works. Make sure you follow that. I'm gonna go live on there before the game. I'm going to give you more details during the week. So make sure y'all follow that page. Salute to everybody that listened, man. We made the playoffs. The playoffs is here. Um, COVID is getting crazy. But hopefully we can finish this season off, put a bow tie on it, and put a bow tie on it saying still this is the Super Bowl champions. So it's your man, Kev Easy. Follow me everywhere at Kev Easy. K-E-V-E-Z-E for those who don't spell well. But you know I don't judge. Not too much. Um, shout out to everything. Make sure you guys subscribe to whatever you listening to this podcast on. Whatever um, you guys are listening to this on. And also follow up. Excuse me. Subscribe to KevEasy74. You know, it's a lot of other content on there. Other podcasts I do on there. And make sure you like the Stills for 7 page on Facebook. Like it, like it, like it, like it, like it. And um, 
Amare. Peace. Turf.